Hello and welcome to the Farming Banker Podcast. This is Jeremy Dutch, the Farming Banker. And today I want to go through and talk about renewal season, coronavirus, moves you can make with your bank that may be a smart move right now and just keep everybody informed here. So for those of you, I know, uh, you know, the season we're in right now, we're, you know, technically today it's uh, March 11th. So we're probably a tad late in the renewal season. Otherwise I'm catching you maybe mid to the end of the renewal season. There's a handful of farmers that we have that, that uh, you know, come in before that March 1st area, uh, time frame there. And then there are farmers that we have that come in after that and after, you know, tax have been filed and, and uh, you've been signed up for crop insurance, farm bills and that type of stuff. So I'm hoping to catch uh, kind of mid season here or maybe just to the end of the mid season. Um, and review a couple things uh, for everybody. If you've already gone through your renewal, maybe this is a review. And if you haven't, hopefully maybe it gives you a little bit of a prep ahead of your renewal. So first off, I, I really just want to talk about what is it that, that, that banks look at and, and, and how do we view the numbers and or your farm? And so I want to break it down in a couple different things. And, and I want to focus on the income statement first and and really, when we, we look at things as bankers, what we look at is, you know, the income statement first. We, we, we're cash flow driven lenders uh, for the most part. And in, in the, the ratio that, that, that we really pay attention to is called the debt service coverage ratio. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have all heard it before. Um, have have heard of it, um, you know that type of thing. Thing maybe you even know how to calculate it, but it, it basically just what, what it's basically telling us as bankers is that it tells us that for every dollar in debt that you have, how much money the business is generating per that dollar of debt. And so, for example, if you had, you know, ratios that we we typically like to see is that you know if you had a dollar of debt and annual payments, we would like to see you generate at least, you know, a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty-five in income to service that debt. And and so that twenty-five that fifteen to twenty-five cents that, that gives you a little bit of buffer. Um, you know, in case uh, circumstances happen and where, you know, income is stressed, um, you know, things of that sort, maybe with capital repayments, uh, or I'm sorry, capital X. CapEx uh, payments and things of that sort um, that would take place that, that you have the cash to do so. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we really stress this debt service coverage ratio and, and it's a way for us to see, you know, how much money the business generates to service the debt that it has. And, and so if you're in your renewal process and you hear a banker talk about that, 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 that's what they're wanting to really find out and get to. And they're wanting to know is that does the business generate enough cash to service the debt with an acceptable ratio? And so what I'm going to give you guys just a crude way of just figuring that out. And so if you took, yeah, and, and if you took basically your, if you took a tax return or a accrual income statement, whatever you know you guys file and what you, you guys use, but you basically get to your net income number, um, start at that point. And if you have your net income number and then add back in your depreciation expense and add back in your interest expense and then subtract out what you draw out for family living. And that number then needs to be divided by your total annual 
payments of the debt that you have on your operation. And so if you work through that, that will be able to give you a rough idea of what your debt service coverage ratio is. And when you divide that out, what you should see is, uh, is a, a whole number um, at the very least. We'd like to see a whole number plus, you know, some form of fraction, which, you know, in the numbers I gave you is a 1.15 to 1.25 ratio. If it looks more like a percentage, you know, where you have like a 0.8 or a 0.9, what that's telling you is you have more debt than what, what the company generated in that year. So a couple things, you know, just with that is as we talk through that, and that is it one, it should be a whole number, it shouldn't look like a percentage. And then the other thing is you calculate this, you know, I get a lot of people that talk about family living and say, well, what number should I plug in at family living? And and I think that that there services surfaces a different problem and that is is that if you don't know what that number is you better find it out fairly quick because if you end up into your into where there's that that number looks like a percentage then where do you start looking to clean that up do we look at land costs do we look at non-land costs do we look at family living and i like to keep things simple and i, I think that you know breaking things out into those three categories will start to give you an idea of where you're seeing pressure um, from a return on asset or spending level. And so uh, as you work through that debt service coverage ratio of what banks look at, though, that wraps up those three things at, at where we focus or, or where I like to focus. And that is, is it, again, just for a quick review, where's your number come in at? Does Is it a whole number? Does it look like a percentage? If it looks like a percentage, where do we have areas of improvement? And breaking those out into three different categories. Look at land costs, non-land cost, and family living. And so if you look at it at a percentage, then, then let's see where we have opportunities to be able to pull back or increase production to, to make more. So that that number, when you calculate it, gets back into the the whole number rather than a percentage so i think that's you know if you know that ahead of your renewal that you're you're, you're encompassing i i would say 50 to you know at, at the very least 50 percent of what we like to focus on as as to how the year is going and what's in store for us the next year second item to be really looking at and paying attention to and this has been a real big buzz item since we we've come off the super cycle of 2012 and that is the working capital and so let, let's just real quickly define what working capital means working capital means your current assets minus your current liabilities so when we look at that that ratio or that that number that's that's left at the end that tells us as bankers really really two things but the, but the, the, the one that we really look at is it is there expenses that are carried forward? Did were you able to sell your inventory to cover all the expenses on the line that had been borrowed uh, borrowed, excuse me, or were you in a position where you were able to utilize some cash to buy your inputs and not have to carry the debt on the line? And so those two factors are, are what we look at when we look at you know your working capital ratio. And so if you come into a, a situation where you have um, positive working capital, so that number is positive. So once you take your current asset figure 
on your balance sheet and you subtract out your current liabilities, that number that's left over is a big telling sign. And so if that number is positive, then you have done one of two things as an operator. You have either used your own cash and hadn't borrowed to buy some of your inputs, or you did a really good job marketing your grain um, or growing your crop that, that exceeded the initial investment. So you were able to get revenue back out. Now, if you're in a negative side, banks start to get worried about get a little bit worried about that because that shows expenses carried forward. And so then the big problem becomes is what do you do with those expenses carried forward? Do you take those and turn them out against long-term assets? Once you do that, does that does that affect your debt service coverage ratio and your crop plan? Or is there something else going on that that's there that 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 needs to be addressed? Did you purchase equipment, make investments in you know other areas of your farm that need to be termed out that are still sitting on the line of credit? So that's a that's the second piece to be aware of. Is it where are you at on your working capital? Is it a positive number? Is it a negative number? And if it's a negative number, then it always from a bank size, it's always better if you as the grower come in with a story to tell as to why that number's negative versus us figuring it out and trying to, to educate you as the operator. So that would be number number two to focus on. So as of right now, we've got debt service coverage ratio. We've got your working capital position. And then the third piece that's really important to us is your equity in the overall operation. And, and you know better defined as probably debt to assets. And so what we like to do on that is we like to take your total liabilities and we or we, we take your total liabilities and, and we, we look at your total assets. And if you subtract total liabilities from total assets, you will get a, 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 a net worth number. And that will tell you how much you know a, a net worth you have or how much of, of what you own of your own business. But you can take that a little bit farther and you can say, well, how much debt do I have to my assets? And you start dividing that out. So if you take your total liabilities and divide them by your total assets, then you get a percentage of how much debt versus your assets you have. And, and when you start creeping up into you know, a, a 45, 50% level, then, then, then you know, that shows a significant amount, amount of leverage that's in the, in the farm. And, and it tells us as bankers that we may not have the opportunity to term out some negative working capital. Um, that we that, that what we might have to do is take a look at, at other areas of um, improvement. And so for you as a, as a farmer and an operator to know those three things and, and to know how we look at those can help you formulate some form of narrative to the numbers that you provide. And, and hopefully this helps you um, you know put a frame of mind as to where, where bankers uh you know where their heads are when they take a look at, at certain things and so then the last little bit that that i just want to talk on until we start talking about you know smart moves that you can make and coronavirus and all these wonderful things that have come up here in the last you know two three weeks is it your projections in your crop plan and so when 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 we flip the page and, and go from what happened last year to how are things going to look this year? It all starts with 
the projections in the crop plan. And, and I think that for the most part, this really needs to come from the operator. Now, can we 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 as bankers help you with the the, the debt piece and in certain you know monthly cash flow as as to when you know payments are going to be due, you know interest accrued, that type of thing? Certainly. But what the acres that you're going to grow, the dollar amounts in which you you are you know setting as your is your you know benchmarks for your grain sales, and then the expenses that you're going to spend on putting that crop in have to come from the grower. And so the last piece of this kind of renewal season that 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 we really pay a lot of attention to is that you know when we throw all of that together, does the crop plan look to be reasonable? And 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 is it is it trend out to what you have historically done as an as an operator and a grower? And so I'll give you a couple examples to that. And and one is is it you know, if we look at your APHs and you've typically on on corn, you've you know yielded around 190 bushels an acre average, and soybeans around 55. But yet your projection shows, you know, 220 to 230 bushel average and 70 bushel average on your beans. Then there has to be a pretty good reason as to why you are that overconfident of your projection. And then so, you know, you take a look at that in relation to historically what you've done and what you're projected and are we in line there? And then the second one that I pay a lot of attention to is it, you know, what is our targeted prices? And so if we're looking at a December board price currently at that 380 range and you're projecting a 420 um, you know, range as far as, you know, an average sale price on your corn, I think we're a little out of whack. And so when you take a look at that, let, let's try to be reasonable on our projections. Um, let's be realistic and reasonable, but not worst case scenario. And I think that's something that's really important to understand. Is it realistic, reasonable, and not worst case scenario? Worst case scenario alarms people and credit teams and, and things of that sort. So I want something that's realistic. I want something that's reasonable, and I want something that you know, his, is historically trending out to what you've done in the past, unless there's some really good reason as to why you expect better production or better prices. And then from the expense side of that 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 projection, everything that I just said on the income really comes to be the same on the expense side, and that is trending out to what what are what are the expenses and in. So I'll give you a, a couple of you know examples in that, and that is is it you know in your fertilizer costs, your seed costs, chemical costs. Where have you historically been, versus where your projection is? Another big one that people really don't look at a lot is that machinery repair. There's times where I find machinery repair expenses you know historically averaging out in that thirty thousand range, and and operators are budgeting five thousand. So let's be realistic with all of those uh, those those expenses, and and if you're optimistic in in, in spending less money, let, again, narrative conversations, anything along those lines that 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 substantiate that are great. If there's nothing that that substantiates that, then we probably missed the mark on that. So as far as the renewal season, just wrap up, and I don't want to keep boring you guys with this, but I do want to give a good 
insight into a banker's mind at renewal season. So let's just wrap things up here on, on the renewal season part. What do we look at? Debt service. Know your debt service repayment capacity. Know how to figure it out. Know where your working capital is. And if your working capital is negative, try to formulate a plan as to how that's going to get positive next year. Know your debt to asset rela uh, relation and that ratio. If that, that ratio starts creeping up, then what we really need to do is start focusing on how do we reduce some of this leverage. And then the fourth and final piece is projections. Where do the projections fall in line with historical trends? Are they online, on par? Are they not? That type of questions you need to be asking yourselves. And then just formulate all that together in a loan narrative. I think a loan narrative is a, or a loan request narrative, whatever you want to call it, is a great tool to be able to give to a banker so that you, know, you might get some of those questions answered in that loan narrative. So hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of insight as to where we're coming from, what we think um, in ideas if you haven't yet met with your, your bank to be able to do a renewal. I'm going to throw this in here as if you don't have a banker that's sitting down with you and talking about this type of thing, and help and work through some of these things, give me a call. I'd love to earn your business and I'd love to get a chance to be able to do that and uh, add value to the relationship. So let's move on to just uh, my, my, my other piece of this podcast and that is what, what I really wanna call our smart moves to make right now. And, and I'm gonna frame this up because everybody knows what's going on with the coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on in the stock market. This has pushed rates lower and I believe there are some market moves uh, there's some moves that we need to make on the banking side if you haven't already that potentially are smart at this point in time and so I'm just going to start listening to them out and we're going to talk about a little bit of a strategy on this and so number one is that I, I see right now is it inject working capital from equity if you have it I'm going to say that one more time inject working capital from your equity if you have it. So that goes back into what I said in the renewal season as to where's your working capital position? Are you negative? Are you tight? Do you have a very small margin? If that's the case and you have a healthy equity position to be able to tap some of that, that money is extremely cheap right now and it is worthwhile to take a look at putting some equity back, or I'm sorry, some working capital back into your farm. And so let's be honest what that really means. That's basically a cash out equity refi of any intermediate or long-term assets that you have on your farm. And so what that does is that gives you a cash balance to be able to pay cash for some of your crop inputs so that you don't have to borrow as much on the line of credit. And so we can talk about a million ways that that, that that ripple effect happens, but the most concerning on my side of it is, is it does that take the pressure off of you as a grower to hit a home run on your marketing? It probably does. So if you're able to pay cash for things rather than borrowing them on your line of credit, then maybe you don't need to make that $4 corn sale or that $9.50 bean sale because your cost of production is lower because you paid it in cash. So, first item, money is cheap right now. If you are tight on working capital, 
look at your equity position and see if you can do any kind of cash out to inject working capital back into your farm. The reason I say this is because we still see pressure with, you know, on, on, our, on our, our commodity prices. We are still seeing pressure and we can put that all in perspective of whether that's coronavirus, whether that's trade wars, whether that's demand, whether that's oversupply, whether that's Brazil. You can frame it up in a bunch of different, you know, scenarios. But the fact still remains is that our, our margins are still tight. And if we can improve our working capital position to not have to hit home runs on the marketing, that takes pressure off, off you as the operator. So that's, that's first move number one. Talk to your banker about it. See if it makes a good sense, uh, good sense for you. If you have a consultant, talk to them. And if you don't have either one, give me a call. We'll work through that together. Second item, and this is really important if you can't make number one work. So second smart move is to is if you don't have the ability to inject working capital if you need it, then is there a way that you can refinance your existing debt at lower rates to improve your cash flow? So let me say that one more time. If you don't have the equity to inject into your working capital, then let's take a look at refinancing existing debt to lower your annual obligation towards that. And so what will that do? Obviously, that will help you keep some of the cash within your business. And so then if uh, 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 what we're hoping ends up happening is that at the end of the year, you will have to borrow less or it, it frees up some cash to, again, do the same thing that we wanted to do in the first recommendation, and that is not borrow as much for inputs. So there's a couple of things that out there that you, that you can talk through in, in, in partners that we use here, and that is, can you take a look at um, FSA guarantees? Can you, can you sell those off to Farmer Mac you know, and, and get a longer fixed rate? Can you, you know, take, can you take a four, a three-year loan and amortize that out to, you know, five years with, um, you know, reduced interest rate? All of those options, those two options are, are things that we're, we're really looking at with our growers right now to help improve cash flow. And, and so when you take a look at all of that, those all drive down to the same point that I'm trying to make here, and that is borrow less for your crop inputs. So again, refinance uh, any existing debt. Do we have opportunities where we can reduce that rate and potentially, you know, lengthen a you know couple years of amortization to help alleviate that uh, cash flow need or debt service need? Actually, is really what you should call it. Number three, and this more this what this really does is I'm trying to look at number three is to try to make your life easier. And how do you as a grower focus on things that you're potentially really good at or things that you may have more interest in? And so when we look at that, and that is, it, do we free up your time to focus on other aspects of your business so that you're not spending day-to-day -day transactions on the banking side? And so I'm, I frame that up that way just to say this, is it can you utilize banking products to make your day or life easier? 
And those are moves that, regardless of interest rates, where they're at, we should you should really be taking a look at and talking to your banker about. And so I'm going to throw just a couple out here as we wrap this up, just for you to think about. And that is, um, you know, do you have any kind of opportunity to set up any loan sweeps? Do you have any opportunity to set up remote deposit capture? You know, can you consolidate, you know, four or five term notes? that you may have into one so that you make one annual payment or you make one monthly payment depending on or quarterly payment whatever your payment structure is but can we make your life easier that way and so let me just quickly hit those topics before we conclude and that is loan sweeps what 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 are loan sweeps what do they do are they beneficial are they not and you know overall i i think if you look at them to try to increase your um you know, increase your cash or cash position. It's probably the wrong way to look at them. But if you look at them to try to reduce the amount of interest that you pay annually, I think that's a really good way to look at that. And so how a loan sweep works is that you would set up some kind of a, um, a peg balance that is on your um, checking account. And so that anytime that peg balance drops below that, you would pull money from your line of credit to, to be able to to clear those cash items. Anytime that money was above that peg balance, then that money would be pulled out of your checking account and, and, and put back into your operating line so that you reduce the principal balance and then thus reducing the amount of accrued interest on a daily factor. So example, if you have a $10,000 peg balance and you make a $50,000 grain check deposit, and let's be honest, when a lot of the times those come, it may be coming, you know, as you're still in the harvest season. How long does that take you to apply that to your line of credit? And when you really think about that in the dollars we're talking about, how much do you think you would save if it, if it, the second you made that deposit, that overnight notice that you were $40,000 higher than your peg balance and apply that $40,000 to your line of credit? That is really what I'm talking about here. So if we can make your life easier by that automatically happening and automatically saving you interest expense, maybe it's you know maybe it's worth taking a look at. Second item I mentioned is remote deposit capture, and I think that this is really a, a great tool to utilize. Um, banks in general are trying to figure out how to do this um, into the mobile phone aspect. And when that comes, I think you'll, you'll find that that's even more convenient. But can you set up a scanner in your office or home office to be able to um, scan your grain checks, scan you know any of your, your, your paper checks that are coming that are not electronically direct deposited in, right from the comforts of your own home or home office or office wherever you, you conduct your business. And what that does is that not only frees up your time so you don't have to drive to the bank, pay the gas, you know, the wear and tear and depreciation, but it also gets your cash in to your account that much faster. So it, it, as we take a look at my recommendation, you know, number one to improve your life is a loan sweep. You know, if you sold that grain check, it got mailed to you, it settled, got mailed to you, it could sit a week in your mailbox by the time you look at it and put it you know, into the bank, it could sit another two, three weeks in the bank before you apply it to your line when you log back into online banking. And so thus you've had two, three weeks of, of interest on the line that's been sitting there. But if you have a scanner and a check sweep, that could happen 
basically the day you check the mail that following day, all that would be settled and that cash could be moved over onto your line of credit. So those are things to think about. And then the last final thing uh, I mentioned, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, and that is um, can you consolidate any loans? And, and this almost also happens to help with the recommendation number two I had for smart moves, and that is can you refinance some existing debt? So can you take all of that, refinance that existing debt, and consolidate those into one loan? One payment is a lot easier. And, and it's easier to manage. So hope you guys have enjoyed this. It's just a couple little bits of insight as to how we how we look at renewal process and some smart moves to take right now. I'm Jeremy Dutch with the um, Farming Banker Podcast. I'm a commercial and ag lender with German American State Bank. And the views on this podcast are not necessarily the views of German American State Bank, but I can tell you that if your bank is not recommending these things and your lender's not recommending these things to you, I'd love to talk to you. My contact information is uh, direct line here at my office, 815-975-3595. Or you can email me at jdutch, that's D-O-E-T-C-H, at germanamericanstatebank.com. That is all one word, all spelled out. I know it's long. I apologize. But again, uh, email jdutch, D-O-E-T-C-H, at germanamericanstatebank.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Hope you find this to be something of value to you.